Hello, players who exclusively play D&D for the roleplay. And DMs who can conjure a monologue out of the dumbest shit possible. Shout out to Brenda Lee Mulligan, king of the fucking monologues. I'm Maddie. And I'm Robert. And welcome back to Table Talk. I'm super excited for today's episode. I can't remember what we like. We had a name written down of like what it was going to be called. I'm pretty sure yes it was and. like Yes And. And then mm-hmm. at the table. What is so Yes And? Yes Start And. There is a really big rule in improv. This is this is all going to be kind of about like playing at the table and like the role play aspects of it because at yeah. this point you've learned how to do your character sheet and you've learned about the classes and the races if and you, you haven't you should go back and watch all of our previous episodes to Shout learn out how Table to do Talk. All those it's things. a cool podcast. Shout out the episode the yeah the episode. podcast. The episode. Shout out to the episode that you're listening to right now on the podcast that you're also listening to right now. <laughs> exactly. Go we got to advertise. And watch a few of the other ones. Yeah. Uh and at this point you've saw us go through combat which wasn't well, you've heard it and you've heard yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. funny it was maybe we'll do a video one day i need to stop saying we're gonna do things on the podcast um it is what it is but this is all gonna be kind of about the in-between because you're not gonna be fighting shit 24 7 hopefully i don't know how your table works maybe this is just like a thinly veiled uh combat session after combat session for your table which is totally valid mm-hmm. but uh, a good chunk of the time you're gonna be like role-playing and that's one of the most intimate at least for everyone that I've talked to about getting into D&D, that is the scariest part. It is not all of the rules. It is sitting at the table. Yeah, it's the role-playing. Playing a character. It's always the role-playing. Speaking in a silly voice. I mean, just talking like from the perspective of somebody who's never done theater before. I mean, I've been in a couple like musically kind of things just because I had the look of the characters that our fucking choir director was looking for. Yeah. Um, but I've never like really had to sit down and do improv. I mean, it, again, shout out to the other episodes of the podcast that you should go and listen to. <laughs> Talking about our session zero, like I didn't start D and D until I was f- like a, f- a freshman of college, maybe sophomore yeah. year. Like it wasn't that long ago. Um, God, I sound fucking old. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, like when I first first started playing it, and zero experience in improv. Like yeah. I can, I have a lot of practice doing public speaking and doing presentations. Um, and oftentimes, very different. Yeah, they are very different. And oftentimes, when I'm giving like the table information, I go into presenter mode where it's just like the same cadence and it all sounds good and it's like clear and enunciated, which is not always what you're looking for when you're trying to come up with our first point of the bulletin here voices. Um, It's not something that I have a lot of practice with, and it's something that I still struggle with at the table today. Um, So, yeah, as, as as someone who has no formal or even slightly informal training in improv and voices it is definitely the scariest part of getting into the hobby yeah. it's like i have to play make-believe in front of a bunch of people who i yeah. want to like and respect me and that is it's one of those things where you instantly it doesn't matter how old you are you go back to high school and it's the thing of like if i put an effort and i try mm-hmm. then i'm gonna look stupid i'm gonna look silly and i promise you 100 it was the and honestly it's the same thing for when you're in high school too if there's any anyone in high school who listens to this um it is genuinely, mm-hmm. you look so much dumber if you don't put in effort. Yeah. Like, truly, that is what it boils down to, is like Especially when you have other people at the time. table that are putting in effort. Like, it's one yeah. thing if everybody at the table, this is like your first time, your first campaign, your whatever, and everyone's kind of sitting there, like, twiddling their thumbs and, like, looking at their character sheet the whole time and, like, never making eye contact with another person at the table and is mm-hmm. like, yes, I'd like to do that. Also, do you have this thing? Yeah, we'll go here. Yeah. And like, that's it. That's fine if everybody else at the table is in that same space. But when you have other people at the table that are like committed to the bit of being the character, you look fucking silly when you sit there and you don't have a voice, don't have an accent, 
You don't have like anything a to differentiate shtick. your character. You're from just you. you're just you. Yeah. Which for the first again, first time players, you're always, 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 always. I think it is truly impossible if it is your first time playing D and D to not play you or a version of you. Oh yeah. I've seen it happen every fucking time someone sits down at the table for the first time. One hundred percent. It's just because I mean, what else do you have to play off of? And we've talked about that a little bit in like the like character building episodes of like mm-hmm. it is okay for you to find that connection between yourself and your character. Yep. I think, and this is coming from an acting perspective because my entire background is in theater. Um, is that that makes think that's the only way you can play a character mm-hmm. is by finding those connects between you and them. Yep. But like. Every character is just a version of you, like and a different version of you. there's also dozens of ways, because like I w- in my brain, I'm like splitting this episode in, into like two points, which is mm. one actively being at the table and then another, which is like getting into character and yep. like how do you find that character? Um, and one of the most, so I guess we're going to start with like finding that character and like getting into character and then talk about like um, the actual like at the table portion of like mm-hmm. things that you're going to do at the table to make things a little bit easier and a little bit more fun. Um but the first point that we kind of have written down, and this is going to be like the first thing that comes up to anyone when you're talking about like a character. So you've already got your character written. Mm-hmm. You have their personality. Their you know story, who their features, they are. What they look like. What they, well, that's kind of something we'll talk about. But like generally, you're always going to know what your character looks like by the time you're done with your character sheet. Yes. Because you're going to have to either talk with your DM or have inner monologue with yourself. And it's going to be, or dialogue, inner dialogue with yourself. And it's like, I okay, monologue with myself. I think they're... Six feet tall, or six two, or six one, or five three, and they're gonna have long hair or really sharp horns. Maybe one of them is cut off. Like, yeah. Hopefully, if you've done the character sheet process like the rest of us fucking freaks do, you'll come out with a good mental image of what that character looks yes. like. And I think the more work you do in character creation, the easier it is to get into character because you have more mm-hmm. to pull from. Like that makes it easier. Yep. On the flip side, if you're like an actor or like someone who's like really into like role playing and that is easy for you, it is also kind of fun to go in without any plan. However, yeah. that is like definitely more intimidating because you don't have any like things to follow. And, and like I to think stay into in character. those situations, that's when you really have people playing themselves because like yeah. if you don't have a space to go into or an idea. Um, yeah, you just kind of like play a version of yourself. So it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the, this is the super biggest one is I uh, continue super valid point about like the more time you spend on the character, the the easier it is to get into a voice or a headspace. Um, we debated whether or not we were going to talk about the people that play at our table because we know and love them all dearly. I love I'm them going all so there. Much. OK, um, I'm I'm the DM. <laughs> I'll take I'll take that step. I love all of my players and friends, best friends in the world deeply. There is definitely a difference in the level of role play and the level of um, character headspace and just like being present yeah. at the table, invested in the events that are happening because of the amount of work that they all have done this time around on mm-hmm. their characters. Um, There's a huge big difference. difference. Big difference. Huge difference. Uh, because it, it truly, if you are like connected and love a character or like passionate mm-hmm. or know the character that you're playing, it's going to be so much easier because one of the hardest parts of like playing a character is staying true to that character and not being yourself, especially because it is not like a formal acting setting. Mm-hmm. You're not like, it's a little bit different if you're like in a full costume and you're on a set because then you can like kind of feel the physical differences between you as a person and that. But when you're sitting down at like the table in your basement on Saturday mornings in your pajamas. Fucking sucks. It's kind of hard to like separate yourself from like another situation. Sucks ass, man. Um, That's why evenings are better because no one's happy in the morning and if you are. Oh, yeah. mm -mm. 
nope, I don't jive with you, man. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks. But staying true to the character is like the the biggest thing when it comes to like role playing at the table because there's gonna be decisions, and this is something that every D- every player is mm-hmm. and probably DM too is gonna have to face of making a decision that goes against what you as a person would yeah. do and your core beliefs, but it's so something that your character would do. I think it's easier as a DM. I mean, having done balls, I think it's easier as a DM to not <laughs> have to like constantly think about staying true to the character. Mostly because, like, I mean, you write the character as a player, yes, true, whatever. But, like, how I portray the character is so much less, like, it's so non-committal in that, like, yeah. if something does change, I can just, like, a world lure it away or, like, yeah. they were stressed that day and you just didn't know that. So now they have a different, like, tone of voice and demeanor. But like characters' accents that change all the yeah, time. Yeah, but like players, you have to be a little more consistent, or people are gonna be like, "Who the f- who are you? Who are you? Who yeah. are you playing?" And it's specifically with like, and I know I just joked about like accents, accents and voices, which we'll get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Those are more okay if they fluctuate, but your character's core beliefs. I'm gonna use yeah. some examples of like who they are. The as a first person. character that I played, which in that conversation of like every character's a little bit like you. She was every like negative part of me. Uh, mm-hmm. She was very like uh, we're both. I'm an impulsive person. She was a very impulsive character. Um, I can be a little hard around the edges sometimes and a little bit selfish, but I never actively act on those things. Mm-hmm. She did. Yep. Um, it was her like whole character. Yeah. It was she was very selfish and very hard around the edges, and at the table, I, and Robert would watch and laugh as I struggled because it's like mm-hmm. there's so clearly a decision set up where I need to like. Do lie to the up. party or kill someone mm-hmm. or do, do or not something. go and revive them or not go and help them or pick them up because it's yeah. just not what the character would do basically something that like or yeah not helping another party member when they're down mm-hmm. because you have specific beef with that party taking member. a turn to attack an enemy versus picking them up or you know yeah doing something different and <clears throat> to see and I, robert at least i think was the only one who saw and noticed and laughed mm-hmm. because i as madison was struggling so much to yep. not help and Mm. to not go out of my way to help or heal someone or do this or do that or do the right thing but i'm playing a character who it would be completely the opposite of her character and not in a little bit of a way where you could like play it off like in a way where it would go against the core moral beliefs of this character if they did the good thing (laughs) and to try to be like i really don't want to do this but i know that i have to because that makes the most sense yep and, like, just truly staying true man. to the character, even if it's a decision that you as a player don't always want to make. That being said, don't Committing be an asshole. To the bit. Like, don't be a full asshole. If you're, like, playing, well, I'm an edgy character, so, yeah, I'm going to rob a party member yeah. in their sleep. No. And we'll speaking, get into that more in, like, a table speaking etiquette Speaking don't being but. an asshole and staying true to the character and so on and so forth, I think we've, we've gotten to a point, it's been brought up in conversation that I feel comfortable saying that you were difficult to play with. Yes. Um, because of... The character, not so much you as the person, but like to the last point that you made, if they're an asshole, if they're dark and edgy, if they're broody, commit, but like also commit to a level that's okay and comfortable with the rest of the people at your table. Yeah. Like uh, what one person at the table this semester who I'm, I'm not going to name drop just because uh, it, they value their privacy has gotten really comfortable with role playing this semester in a way that they didn't last. And I think a lot of that, specifically with you, is because your character is so much more open and welcoming this time than they were last time. Yeah. Like, I think he had a really hard time opening his character up in role-playing because your character had such a big personality that it was like, if somebody else spoke, 
no, fuck you. Fuck you. This is me time. Shut up. Yeah, Go sit no. in the hole. It was. And Go it run was, my errand. It was also a thing of like, towards the end of that campaign, I've locked myself into this character personality that I'm not the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, over time, you definitely started to like it less. There was only so much. I definitely, and there, I was trying to find a way to be like, okay, well, I can't just wake up one morning and be a changed person. So trying to find moments in the game where I can like be a little bit less of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something where like go, looking back, do I love that character? Yes. Would I play her the same way if I played again? No. And that's something that you'll also learn because you mm. will inevitably have an edgy character yeah. and you're inevitably going to have moments where you like clash with people at the table because me and this other player, in e- I, I thought we just didn't play well together at the mm-hmm. table. We've done several one shots and stuff and our characters are always like best fucking friends. Yeah, they have a great and time. And it's like a lot of fun. So I'm like, you're going to have those moments and like it definitely, even as someone who like was coming from a very heavy theater background and like playing characters, I still struggled to like learn the difference between playing a character mm-hmm. in a vacuum versus playing a character when your decisions yeah. and your character are actively affecting other people. When there are five other human beings also at the table playing with yes. you. Yeah. We've talked about like the whole main character syndrome thing before. Yeah. Like everybody wants to be the main character in their own story. I mean it's just it's a true to life thing too, right? Yeah. Like you only are capable of having one perspective at any given time. It's one of the lovely laws of physics and the <laughs> shitty thing about being a person is yeah. that you only ever have your experience, like, truly, you will only ever be in your head. Um, and as an actor, as, as someone who's trained in acting, you have, like, an ability to try and put yourself in somebody else's headspace. But even then, you're still not the other person. Yeah. Um, and so I, I agree. There's a, a difference, and I think a really big switch in the kind of role play when somebody goes from acting in a vacuum, I'm the main character in the story, I'm actively trying to be the main character because that's what I want, versus... I'm the main character, and so are the other five people at the table. And so my choices are not only going to further what I want as a character and as a person, but they're also going to work to further what they want as a character and as a person. And it's also a vacuum. And like when you're when you're in a play and you're playing a character, you are playing it as if you are the main character because mm-hmm. you are that person, and people live life as they are the central piece. And so that is what helps you in like a play. And also in a play, the story is written. You know how you're going to affect the other characters, and you mm-hmm. know the outcome. Mm-hmm. Versus translating that to the table was kind of like a big jump. And don't get me wrong, being an actor definitely helped a lot, but it's a huge jump from going of you need to change the way that you're thinking about yourself and getting into the headspace of a character because you can't look at yourself as like, I'm the solo main character and I'm the, like, everything is all about me and the way that it affects me as an individual, Mm -hmm. Um, which is how you're taught to do it when you're like doing on stage work um, to like, this is a living, breathing story that's ending is not written and that you were an active part of and that it is a ensemble story and it is not a solo adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've hit the world's biggest tangent, um, <laughs> voices. Yes. Um, how Go is back your, on our list? Yeah. Voices is kind of like the one thing where like, there's definitely a hard line because it's either you are a player or a DM who only uses voices. None of your characters will sound like you mm-hmm. or you only have your voice and you don't do voices. Yeah. I think there can be a happy medium I agree. personally. Um, and there's plenty of ways because doing like accents and voices and shit, that's intimidating. They're mm-hmm. hard to do. And if you don't do them well, you feel fucking stupid. Yeah. Like I'm not going to like no, mince 100%. words or pretend. No, like same who, for me. Like yeah. once I, when I try to do an accent or a voice and I just like don't nail it, I'm like, nope, switching to something different. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to be able to pull it off in the session. I'm not going to be able to 
huge thing for me is just fucking remembering what voice is, yeah. or, like the kind of voice. I've gotten to the point now in my notes, like I've evolved as a note taker as a DM over the last six months because it's just so much shit. Shout out note taking. Shout out note taking. Um, but something that helps me, jumping fully into the, the voice discussion as a DM, is literally in your notes, whatever kind of notes you, you keep, I don't care if it's fucking sticky notes, if it's just a shitty notepad, if it's a book you spend $40 on, <laughs> if it's like a digital thing that's free, I don't care. If you have something in your notes where you can make a list, which you should, um, make a list of the characters, or in their character bio, put what kind of voice or what kind of personality, or their cadence, like their energy level, put something in there that notates how you want to continue to represent them at the table every time. Um, because like for me, I have like a Jersey's accent for the same five or six people, and what helps me remember that is that I'm like, okay, where in the city are these people from? Yeah. In their background, I have uh, where they were raised, not necessarily where they were born, but just kind of the area that they're from. Uh, I don't have like their fucking personal address or anything. Yeah. I'm not that into world building, but I do have where they're from. And then I, because we're playing in a city setting, uh, I kind of have assigned different accents to different parts of the city. And that's what helps me. Yeah. Um, but I and know it's also sometimes... so cool for world building in that perspective as a mm. player's perspective of being like, oh, that's super awesome that everyone from this part of the city has yeah, the same sounds accent. Sounds the same. It was really cool seeing everyone be like, wow, they all sound the same. Are you just doing the same voice? And I'm like, no, they're all from the same part of the fucking city. Like, yeah, which was definitely an accidental thing, wasn't yeah. it? No, it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. Um, it was, it was a thing where I knew I had a couple of characters who I, I wanted to sound kind of the same or have similar-ish accents, and then it just kind of got to a point where I was like, "What the? Like, why am I trying to come up with six different accents for five people, six people that all live in the same?" like 30 miles of each other yeah like it just there's no there's no point yeah um and so it started off as an accidental thing and then it very much turned into a purposeful thing because for one it's easier for me that way yeah uh and for two i think it just it's fun world building stuff i really enjoy it mm -hmm. um but the biggest thing is like even if you're not doing an accent or a voice which like i love doing accents and voices yeah. but i'm also accents someone who spent a long time in middle school and high school practicing mm -hmm. voices and voice impressions and voice acting alone in my bedroom where no one could hear me mm -hmm. um yeah, accents are like my go-to thing i and there's like time still, and you can definitely if you want to like improve yourself at the table or like in that feels in the way that you want to improve is like you feel like doing voices or something is going to lead you there you can learning accents is not the most impossible thing in the world this day and age because uh, you don't have to learn them from a fucking book anymore um letting you all know robert is leaving the room so it's just going to be me talking for a minute um but you can go on youtube and like look up how to do a certain accent that's genuinely how i learned how to do most of my accents um and it's very funny because every time i pull one out at the table everyone's like whoa that's really good it's a very very bad accent um, but no one at the table cares. And at the table, when you're trying to attempt an accent or something, this is a fantasy world. So you don't have to worry about it actually sounding accurate to that area. Like, I cannot roll my R's for the life of me. I like, and I've done like singing lessons and stuff where we've done like Italian and like all of these other languages where you're supposed to roll your R's. I cannot roll my R's. I cannot speak Spanish. Like, it is, it is bad. So if I'm doing any accent that involves any sort of like rolled R, I know that it's just not going to happen, but it doesn't matter in D&D &D because that accent and that like geography doesn't really exist. Um, but there's so many other ways that you can play with your voice other than just an accent. And I think that the ways that you play with them outside of the accent says more about the character and helps me personally get more into the character than an accent. 
um there's i've got this list and i found this and like literally i was like watching a guy on tiktok and he was talking about different ways that you can like change your voice without um using an accent or something and they fall into like different categories um so like some of the ways that you can play with your voice are obviously you can play with um kind of like pitch um does your character if you're playing a younger character they're going to be a little bit higher pitched than someone who's going to be playing like a much older character if you're playing an older character their voice is going to be deeper and it's going to be settled in a little bit more um like that's not an accent or like me putting on a voice that is just changing an aspect of the voice and it makes it a lot easier you can play back (laughs) hello i just crushed up a bunch of noodles and then put them in a bowl shout out to poor people's snacks i was just gonna straight up ignore that Nah, uh real quick tangent i used to (laughs) shout out to being poor uh, I used say, to, to being poor. Um, get ramen noodle packs from the dollar store and then crush them up while they're still in the pack. Take like open the package, take the seasoning packet out, sprinkle it in the pack, hold it shut, and then shake it wildly so that it would like basically dust the crushed up noodles and Make then chips. eat it like a crunchy. Sn- that's exactly what I I've done. can't. Dis- I've eaten raw pasta. Yeah. Okay. That's a little odd. I mean, that's basically what this is, but at least there's like flavoring on it. You no, know there's no excuse for that. So we're just gonna move Great on. Behavior. Um, Continue. Yeah. Pitch, but, uh, not but, an accent. Hey! Pitch, not oh, an accent. I thought you called me a bitch. No, I said pitch twice. Oh. Pitch, not an accent. Okay. Um, so, yeah, pitch. Uh, you can also play with volume, um, which is, like, if you're playing – don't play volume with, the, like, the loud part of it too much. Um, but you can also think about how much, like, someone's volume fluctuates. Um, so I'm going to move the mic away a little bit because if you're a character who's going to start talking and then you're going to get really excited and then you're going to start talking louder and louder and louder and louder and, oh, my God, I'm having this revelation! And, like, stuff like that is also a way that you can play with it. So, like, how much does your character, like, fluctuate um, in – the way that they speak with in terms of volume uh speed is another big one is your character someone who's really really who talks really fast maybe they just have a lot of ideas in their head and they have to get them all out as quickly as possible or maybe Mm -hmm. they're really smart and they're tired of slowing down for all the fucking idiots around here so i'm just gonna speak quickly and you can fucking follow along or are you a character who's a bit more measured in your words and you think through exactly what you want to say before you say it this whole episode is just madison getting to flex the fact that she's a <laughs> performance major I did, well, we don't go over this because we don't have any speech and dialect no, that, classes that's so here. fair um but really it, this quick, is something i really love doing dm's perspective about one of the aspects of a voice uh volume yeah like 100 percent, don't go over the top because there's certainly a time and a place just like there is in real life like that's something to keep in mind when you're using volume, really try and ground yourself in the context and the situation, and that'll give you a pretty good indicator uh, of when to use what kind of volume, right? Like, you know the whole thing, of, I'm sure all of you, hopefully, if you weren't raised in the fucking barn, shout out to Dakota. Um, <laughs> he wasn't raised in a barn, but sometimes his activities Jesus are barn-like. Christ. Listen, man walks out bare grippers 99% of the time. Dude goes outside raining and then throws a bow staff around in our backyard like he's like in fucking airbender. I can't. I've seen him do all of these things, so I can't like disagree. I mean, sometimes it's like cool, but other times it's like, what are you going through, man? I've walked into the house or like walked up in the backyard and he's just out back whittling a stick. Yeah, making knives and shit. And it's just like a Tuesday. Anyways, volume. Shout out, we love Dakota. We do love he Dakota. says that we make fun of him on the podcast a lot. We don't. We love you dearly. He's just got a lot of fun behaviors. That's all. Yeah. I don't think 
you're like genuinely a freak. Uh, it's just uh, there are different things that not everybody does. Anyways, volume, indoor voice, right? So like when you're inside, when you're in a building, when you're at a meeting, right? Like you're going to like whisper to the person next to you or like try and be like, hey, man, shut the fuck up. Like you're not going to be like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Or you, unless you're playing stupid, right? Like yeah. you're a dumb barbarian, then maybe you just don't have a sense of context, which is another way to use it. But like my favorite way to get volume involved is with the emotion of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, the angrier they are, the more upset they are, the happier they are, just turn the volume up because that's generally what happens in real life. The more emotional somebody gets, the less control they have over their uh, their emotions. And then um, just really thinking as a DM, I really like to do a lot of work on my villains because those are some of my favorite characters to write and to play. Just because I can be as dynamic and as complicated and as convoluted with them as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to make sense in no, the same they way don't, that like, that's a normal fun. person does. But like something else to consider about volume then is when you're looking at villains specifically or characters that are like that silent but strong type or, um, again, thinking about context, everybody else in the room is shouting, getting mad at each other, and then the one person who's like cool, calm, and collected is still talking at like a normal voice until everybody starts talking on their level. And that's like a fun way to be like kind of commanding of the room and like mm-hmm. also like I don't care about what the fuck y'all are going on about. I'm going to do this. I'm going yeah. to be in my level and y'all can keep yelling like buffoons and not listening to the only smart person in the room. Yeah. Or like um, the the sort of like silent but deadly type where it's when they get really, really upset, they get really, really, really quiet or they stop talking or their voice like drops drastically in volume or it's like, a, I'm going to try and be calm with you here for a second before I reach across this desk and slap the fuck out of you. Yeah. Get it together or you're out. Like that it's kind of stuff is what's fun. also a thing that helps fun. like say in the specific moment, not just in character, but in the moment mm-hmm. of where if all of your characters are sneaking in somewhere, maybe you're not going to be speaking in a normal volume to the other person next to you at the table and everyone's going to be kind of whispering. Or when you're in combat and you're trying to talk to someone, you're going to kind of like, hey, by the way, and like yell across the table, Mm -hmm. Um, which Mm -hmm. just kind of helps with like your headspace of saying in the specific moment that you're in at the table. Yeah, Volume's a fun way to to really ground yourself in the context of whatever moment you're in. It it helps remind me of like if we're in combat, um, being loud, having loud things happen. If we're not in combat, not having loud things happen, unless it's just fit for the character. So I don't know. I also think volume is a huge thing for me. I also think that can go with like speed and articulation because like you do mm-hmm. have those characters that and, and you can play with that of like changing their pace and speed um, because of like whatever in the moment and like what their resting base is, but also the variation of that when they get like new information and they're really excited. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, they're probably going to be speaking a lot faster than they are in a normal circumstance. Yeah. Or if they're really emotional, and this is kind of like an actor note. If you want to sound and you want to impress people at the table and like during an emotional beat and you want to show off how cool and emotional you can be, slow down your words. And it just makes it sound like you're choked up and like take a breath in between. And it's just something where if you like kind of want to show off, you can do that. Fucking Lou from Dimension 20 does that. He really does it well. incredibly. Like that slowing down and like bringing emotion and like mm-hmm. the slow pace thing. He does that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like he'll ramp up. Usually it's he'll start sad or he'll start calm and then he'll start working his emotions up. And then it, he doesn't change his cadence at all. He just gets louder and louder and yeah. louder with every word. Until oh, there was an like, awesome one in Crown and not Crown of Candy, um, Ravening War. There were a lot of good ones in Crown of Candy, too. Because um, um, his character was very like, yeah. I'm a barbarian who's a king and has to be very formal, and I don't communicate like this. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting to see like the difference in volume with him struggling to find the right context for the right places. Yeah. 
Um, another one, and this is the the list I'm looking off of, Robert. If you want to see, yeah, yeah, um, kind of there. Um, uh, the next one I have written down is like articulation, which is it, or like diction. Um, which once again isn't really changing anything about the way that you speak in your voice, but being like, if I am over enunciating everything that I say, it definitely says something about the type of person I am. I don't sound like a pleasant person to be around uh, because I'm like over enunciating everything, um, which I mean, you can also play with this. It's a little bit more difficult to play with this on the other side of like letting your words kind of like slur into each other. Maybe you're not pronouncing everything as much, but that can also make you pretty hard to understand. So I don't really suggest doing that a lot at the table. Um, and then you can talk about like the engagement of your voice. Do you sound excited to be somewhere or do you sound like you're bored out of your fucking mind mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're very monotoned and you're not going to give yourself a lot of movement? Oh my God, I'm Wednesday Adams. I just am so mm. fucking thrilled to be here. Can't you tell? Yep. Um, is something that you can play with. And all of these are going to say so much about your character, which is why I think they're going to be more helpful than accents and stuff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to skip over constriction cause that's like more technical. Um, but also like the rhythm and the rhythmic variety of your voice. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see this a lot. If you're playing the strong hero character, you're going to have a strong rhythm and a strong cadence mm -hmm. to the way that you're speaking versus say you're playing a con man. Maybe your words mm -hmm. are going to be a little bit more slippery and smooth and you're going to glide a little bit. Maybe you're going to have a little bit of musicality with your voice. And Why don't you come over here to my back alley while I yeah. run you for everything you're worth? Yeah, versus hello. How can I help you today? Yeah, Captain America, so yeah. boy type shit. Yeah. Um, and that's going to also, like, that's something really, I love playing with the musicality of a voice and trying mm -hmm. to figure out, like, is your character someone who, like, often goes up and talks a little bit more up and then comes back down? For people that aren't, like, super theater-y, like, also, like, musicality is not a term that it were, not for the, the, the background that I have and the experience that I've had, the words wouldn't mean a hell of a lot. Um, the way I like to think of it is like, where do you put your emphasis? That's that's a lot of what like musicality and rhythm is. Like, where do you, where do you peak when in conversations versus like, where do you like really throw a lot of punch behind when you say things versus like when you say things? Mm -hmm. How hard are you being when you crunch your syllables versus like where, uh, in, in kind of looking at how you talk is like a rhythm, is a cadence, is a flow. Where are your peaks? Where are your valleys? And then figuring those out sometimes is kind of a more helpful way for me to think about it as somebody who's not like super theater trained. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about, is it something you can do when you're talking in conversation, especially in the U.S., like a very American thing to do, a very English speaking thing to do is to put an emphasis at the end of all of our sentences. Like mm -hmm. the thing that you're always going to have attention drawn towards is how we end our sentences. We slow down, we either get quieter or we go up. We don't end monotone because it's not for us speaking English. That's not how we like to indicate that we're done talking. Mm -hmm. uh, but in other languages and in other, uh, other countries, other cultures, it's not necessarily that way. Um, so that's something else you can kind of play with too. How do you like to start your sentences? How do you like to end? Um, do all of your sentences start or sound like they've started halfway through? Like your energy just like every time you talk, it's just like this and it never ends. And this is the train of thought. And oh my God, everything I'm saying is just like this. And there's never yeah. a begin or an end or an up or a down, but it's all high energy all the way versus whatever the fuck the opposite of that looks like. Yeah, I was just talking like- Eeyore from fucking- yeah. Elmo, not Elmo. Holy what the fuck? fuck? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh my God. I used to be obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. Jesus. I, I can make a compilation of you getting names wrong from yeah. this podcast and it, it would lot, be dude. It happens a lot. long. 
Um, another one you could talk about is, and this one's going to be a little bit more theatrical, and this one's going to be a little bit more annoying, um, nasality. The nasal in your voice. Are you talking from, like, through your nose and, like, pinching it in a, like, more technical sense? I'm, like, pinching the sound forward. Or, like, it's kind of like if you're doing a Valley Girl voice and you're, like, doing that annoying thing. You're, like, the nerd kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun fun one to do. Um, But you can play with, like, being a really nasally character. Like, are you playing a little kid? Are you playing somebody who's, like, very uppity and maybe they think they're better than everyone else? And then you can play with your nasality and, like, kind of your, I guess, clarity or, like, engagement as well. And you can Mm -hmm. totally sound, like, really upbeat and high class. And, no, I'm not going to stop on the street and talk to you. And I don't think that's really, like, an accent that's just playing with, like, a couple different parts of your voice. So, and then the opposite of nasality would kind of be, like, gravel. I can't really add a ton of gravel to my voice um, because I am a, uh, I'm a soprano one. Give me an example. I don't do a whole lot of gravelly voices, but I think I got an enemy. This would be like a gravelly voice. It's like you're talking from your chest. This is like, I am Batman. And it's like, be careful when you're doing that. Because, like, I don't do it a lot because I also don't know how to do it super correctly. And I don't Mm want to damage my voice because I use it for my job. Um, But this is going to be like, where is she? Like, Where is she? An easy way to fake a gravel is is like, I I don't even know how to describe doing it. But when you talk like this and you, like, hold your breath a little bit when you Mm -hmm. talk, I don't know how to describe how to do that. It's how a lot of men like to talk, actually. It's like... Think football coach, like, locker room type shit where it's like, like, it's that. You very much, like, you you tighten your stomach and then you put it all in your fucking chest. Yeah. It all comes out very quickly. Yeah. Um, And then clarity is just, once again, about how clear your words are. It's a little bit different than articulation. uh, because Articulation, to me, is a little bit more in the the consonants and clarity is a little bit more in the vowels, in the... Those noises, which if you've done any, like, Shakespeare training or, like, acting or whatever, you definitely know the, like, the whole thing of, like, the emotion lives in the vowels and blah, blah, blah. Um, but Sounds that's just another. Sounds stupid to me. I, yeah. Well, it's because everyone's always going, oh. Yep. Something else I... on this list uh, that I don't think we mentioned is, like, finding phrases for characters or, like, yeah. ways of talking. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. The way that I like to let my players know that a particular character is a douchebag or sounds like a douchebag is doing, like, the frapo, the frapro talk, man. What's going yeah. on, dude? High five. It's... Want to go get a brewski with me? There's... Or the... Um... Oh, dude, look at her. Listen, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Oh I've heard that from I every that asshole all... character. <laughs> In every table, like it's been said about once per one shot or campaign. Hundred percent of the shots you don't take, man. And I mean that like to my core. I have right. heard it in every single like, like one shot in campaign, and it's so funny every time. And it's at this such point, a dude bro thing to say. I'm though. gonna like start keeping a tracker, because um, yeah. it's but like finding phrases that get you into the character as well, especially if you're doing like a voice or something, and like. This is really going to be stupid, but, like, the way that I I always have a key in phrase for a voice or an accent or a character. Uh, my one for Magnolia was, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, because it was originally, she was, uh, she's a high elf, and instead of doing a British accent, uh, because we started playing in England, I felt bad speaking in a British accent around a bunch of British people, so it translated into this kind of Australian accent uh so now she was just randomly australian uh no other character in the campaign sounded like her it was just her but like the way that i would key into that voice in that character was saying what the fuck um so like if you have like a phrase that gets you into character um that's mine for daisy uh 
which is one where I'm not doing like an accent or anything. I'm just playing with like, which is my current character. Um, I am doing that thing where I'm kind of playing with like the technical parts of my voice. So I'm playing with pitch. I'm playing with um, rhythmic variety and like musicality Mm -hmm. and I'm playing Mm -hmm. with engagement. So for Daisy, whenever I'm talking, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, hi, hello. How are you? Um, It's really, it's a little bit more high pitched, a little bit more high energy. She has so much fucking energy. Oh my God. She's a goddamn ball of energy. It Mm -hmm. never stops. It never ends. Uh, And I'm just kind of playing with like the engagement and the, like the, the, the excitement of it all, Um, which is something that like will definitely also help you stay in character and stay true to your character because if you're not talking like yourself, then there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like that's just a fun little thing. Voices. Are we ready for improv? Um, yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to say about voices. Nah, not really. Good luck. <laughs> Shit sucks. Rules for improv. Yes, and never say no rule. Yes. Both of those are rules. Never say no. I'm gonna. I'm going to kick off with that one because yes, and is pretty simple and straightforward. It's like you always just go off of whatever the last person said or you always yeah. try to build on. Never say no is a rule that needs to be more widely fucking practiced <laughs> at tables because this shit's going to drive me crazy, man. It is. Again, I'm not going to shout out specific people on this one because this one's more of a negative thing. Stop shooting shit down. like Immediately. And that's just what, let and it, that's let what it happen. yes and, let it and no means and like no never say no are kind of like the same rule, which is there's rules of improv and you can't follow all of the improv rules at the table because one of the improv rules that I learned was like don't bring a gun and like that doesn't translate to D and D. In a setting um, where you actively have guns yeah. or equivalent of guns. But yes and is basically when someone gives you a prompt, if I'm if we're like in an fucking improv game and I'm like oh, here we go. Hey Robert, are you ready to go to the zoo? And Robert just goes, No. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? As opposed to like, yeah, I'm ready to go look at the monkeys. What's or, your favorite animal? Or saying, yeah, oh my God, I'm not feeling good. I don't think yep. we can go. Yep. Like there's ways to redirect it. But like when you just say a hard no, mm-hmm. there's nothing else that can happen. And it also just gets really oh. awkward for everybody at the table when you just hit somebody with a no or I don't really think, like I don't really agree with that or I don't think I should do that or I don't think that's the right decision or I think that's stupid expand. never tell expand, another expand, person expand, that you expand. think what they're trying to do is fucking stupid that is then it's so just shut them down like they're not going to do and anything and it's like role playing and playing at the table you are putting yourself out there so much mm-hmm. and to just look at another player and just say no <sighs> is it there's no reason for you to do yeah. that you can acknowledge also, something I, f- I find that that happens a lot when people are trying to play characters that are very like uh, like the too cool for school, like yeah. elf that is cooler than everybody or like is disinterested in people. And like to an extent that shit can be fun and tropey and whatever the fuck. But then also, please remember that other people at the table are also trying to role play with you and are not all dark and broody and like, fuck you, I'm better than all of you and also yeah. I don't want to interact with you. Just say something shitty but that isn't shutting someone down. Like, instead of going, like, no, I think that's dumb, being like, okay, so do you have a better idea? Yeah. Or, like, I think I could come up with something twice as better than that. Because then at least it can be a fun bantery argument yeah. thing as opposed to, like, no, that's just fucking stupid. Yeah, and then there's nowhere to go, and it's awkward. It mm-hmm. is so well, awkward then it's like, when that happens to have at the a, table. Then you have to have a conversation, like, player to player and being like, this is what I'm trying to do. Please stop shutting it down. Yeah. And then in, sometimes those people, too, as players, they're like, no, no, like I stand by what I said. No, I just think that's stupid. Yeah, and it's like, okay, okay. like what do you, mm, what do you want me to do with that? And, and then I wrote some notes on this. DM's perspective: I will always attempt to redirect the best I can, 
But, like, I can't just tell somebody to do something straight up. Yeah. Like, I can't. Because then it just makes me look like an asshole. Yeah. If I'm like, or if Madison's like, hey, would you mind using this spell on me? I think that makes a lot of sense. Or even in character, like Daisy asking, holy fuck, Oliver, hey, would you mind using this spell on me? And then Ben, as Oliver, goes, no. And it's like, okay, um, well, I really think that it would be helpful because of this, that, and the other. And you're, like, trying to explain mm-hmm. a decision in character, which takes you out a minute. Because when you yeah. hear a hard no, that's going to take people out of their character. Yeah. And then it's just like, no, I think that's stupid. Okay, like, why do you think that's stupid? We're in mid-combat. You don't have time to fucking talk about that. So then it's just like, okay, I'm going to stop interacting with you then. Because that's yeah. what happens. It leads to players not interacting with other players because one player has very clearly showed or displayed or role-played some serious disinterest in whatever that other player has to say or wants to do. Yeah, and it's it's just not fun. And obviously, don't say no. there's like exceptions do to these things of like, if you're playing in something and a player comes up to you and is like, I think that we need to kill another party member. That's an instance where you as a character can say no. However, you're not saying no in this. And, and this is like one of those things. And maybe this is just because I've spent too much time on like TikTok lately. And I've had like several conversations with some of my friends about like chronically online. And the idea that like when you say something that ev- that it has to apply to every single situation. And there's no area for you to like use your head or use um, like common sense and be like, hmm, does this really apply to me? Obviously, these rules do not apply to every single person in every single situation. Use some critical thinking. Shout out to uh, um, my slight background in philosophy. Another fun tangent. There's um, a really fun uh, philosophy out there. It's basically, it's. I hope no one ever listens to this podcast that knows what they're talking about because I forget specific names and titles. You can't but say that. It's basically like uh, like moral absolutism and the idea uh, that one guy whose name I can't remember because I took this shit in my freshman year. Um, uh, uh, this particular idea for his moral theory or how to determine when to be moral, is to ask yourself, when doing any action, when saying anything, period, if I did this right now, would I be okay with every other person on the planet doing it too? Hey, this shit sucks. Do you have something you want to send in to make it better? Criticisms, topics you'd like to see discussed, or an advertisement you'd like to run? Maybe you even want to sponsor an episode. If so, shoot us a message at mc460 at evansville.edu or DM us on Instagram at Crescent Magazine. Or we'll never get better like these fucking guys. Like, yeah. if oh I. Oh, God, that's And awful. that gets annoying as fuck because it leads to you, like, in this weird thing with yourself where it's just like, do I? Don't I? But, like, also, if I did that with. So- it, it, it doesn't work. People don't use it. It doesn't apply. No, um, a perfect example that of that. Do you quick. know the bean soup video on TikTok? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It was this girl, and she made this bean soup, which was basically like super high in iron, and it was for like oh, period yeah, relief. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And then there were a bunch of comments being like, well, what if I don't like beans? What if I'm allergic to beans? Can I make this without the beans? How do I make it without the beans? And it's like. Bean fucking soup, dude. If you don't like beans, maybe don't eat bean soup. That's Guess so what all funny. the ingredients in the soup were? Fucking beans. How do I make beans? Uh, yeah. how, how, do I make be- how do I make this exact kind of bean soup without the beans? Yeah. So obviously, like, use some critical thinking there when it comes to, like, applying uh, this to common everything. Common sense but isn't all that common, but we encourage you to yeah. go and fucking find some. But for the most part, that rule applies of, like, and there's different ways that you can redirect and learn how to redirect. Mm-hmm. So if it's a thing where you're like, no, I, or, I'm using an, ex- an extreme example here. I come up to, uh, uh, just using fucking Sparrow and Eba, because those are the two pre-made characters that we had. Yep. Um, Sparrow goes up to Eba, and it's like, I think that we need to kill so-and-such, who is our, our party um, uh, patron. 
and Eba goes, uh, no. Why? Nope. Why the fuck are you wanting to kill him? Because even asking no and asking why after at least gives them a moment. Gives to like them a talk, moment, you know, and it gives you a, mm-hmm. like a conversation when you just say no directly and you yep. don't explain and you don't elaborate and you don't acknowledge what the other person is trying to do or mm. like offer another way of doing it there's nothing that can happen that's and basically that's, just like that's part of my note about redirecting like i as a dm will try my fucking best to give people like hooks and lines and places to redirect and jump if a, if a particular like line of, of questioning or train of thought just isn't going well I will do my best as a dm to be like here's something you can grab onto or okay cool we're done on to the next thing like, I'm not going to let things stall and hang and be awkward. But also, as a player, please try and do my job <laughs> a little bit for me in that, like, you should also be attempting to help redirect your your fellow players and PCs at the table when yeah. you can see that something isn't going well or isn't, like, is going to keep hitting a dead end. Which is something It's called that... conversation. You should get good at having yeah. it with your players and your party members because um, if you say no and try and end a conversation in the game... Are you going to physically stand up and walk out of the room? No. No. You're still going to be there at the table <laughs> looking across at the person who's flabbergasted because you just shut them down. Yeah. Where it, do you go from there? There's so many moments of like encouraging other players to do things. And we've talked about this before of like um, as a DMing tool, oftentimes you're going to put like hooks for other players in other stories or like in other people's conversations or things that they're interacting with because that's just kind of like how a fucking mystery or an ensemble thing works is where you're giving and maybe one player one at the table has information on this specific thing and player two at the table has information on this specific thing i'm going to use an example from our last episode and like a way of like that actively encourages conversation between players um there was my character had received this um this comic book from like a stalker and in the comic book there was a drawing of um the person who who wrote the comic book and across the table like in real life another player was interviewing this guy and he was asking questions and he mentioned and the guy was like oh yeah there was this one chick and like described what she was wearing and it was the exact thing It, it was a description of the person from the comic book now, my character knows that, and me, Madison, knows that. And even though this was said to the entire table, it was also, like, a week ago, and I'm not expecting everyone because I'm an obsessive note-taker, mm-hmm. and it was something pertaining specifically, like, or more specifically to my character than yeah. some other people's. I knew that instantly. So, like, being able to the also, person that got like... person just didn't. Like, that just wasn't rele- relevant information yeah. for them. It was like, cool, so a chick in a costume showed up? Yeah. So finding a way for you also to like go and (laughs) initiate a conversation with that character and be like, hey, did and like trying to find a way in character to be like, by the way, did he mention anything about like someone in a costume specific about a person that I think I'm supposed to be paying attention to? But I can't say that because I wouldn't know that as a character to ask for. Can you just yeah. tell me everything that the DM just told you verbally, like, now? Yeah, because that's another conversation of, yeah. like, it was staying in character and staying true to your character and role-playing and then mm-hmm. also avoiding metagaming. When you're in a situation like Which that... Which is really easy to do, by the way. Yeah. And oftentimes what happens is that another player at the table will check that person and go, you weren't there. Yeah. Um, which sometimes, that fucking irks me. But, listen, rule, rule lawyers are good for, if anything, keeping people grounded and on track and uh, staying true to everything that's happening in the game. Yes. Sometimes it's annoying, I'm not going to lie, but other times it's like, okay, no, that's so fair. I wouldn't know to ask them about this thing because I wasn't in the room when that piece of information came their way. Yeah. So as, as in character, as I'm improv as I'm role-playing as this character, 
I might ask a, a question that I know as a player is going to fuck the whole thing up, but my character would 100% ask that. Yeah. Like, if there was a specific question that I wasn't supposed to ask a PC because it was going to, like, set them off or let them know that we knew something that we didn't want them to know, but I wasn't informed about that, and my character's just, like, trying to get straight to the problem, I'm asking the question point blank, no questions asked. Yeah. And that's when everyone at the table's like, can I roll dexterity to, like, <laughs> slap him? Can I distract? Can I, like, knock the guy out? And that, it makes for fun role-playing moments. But, it like, is, yeah, try not to metagame eh, too much. It's yeah. hard not to, but... But there's an element of metagaming that I think you have to do in moments like that mm -hmm. when you are, like, putting story information, information other characters need in other people's things. And, like, mm -hmm. sometimes it works out because, like, in this last instance, my character was like, hey, did he, like, mention anything about, yeah. like, somebody being here? And then that information was relayed. And mm -hmm. I was like, perfect. And then you can, in character, have that conversation and be like, I think this is connected. And you can, However, out of character, often what happens, and this doesn't bother me that much, is going, so did you tell me this? Or yeah. would you have handed this thing to me before we showed up? Or would you have prepared that? Did you do this? Or saying, like, would I know where this person is? Mm -hmm. Like, you, by all means, like, from the DM's perspective, ask me or your other players if they would have done something or thought to have done something because I'm not going to be like, absolutely not, there's no way you could have done that. Get fucked. You don't know that. Yeah. There are some instances where it's like, would I have, do you think that I would have thought to have grabbed this specific item? And I'm like, cool, like, roll a wisdom check or a wisdom saving throw to, like, did you put that together before you left or did you put it together now that we're midway through this encounter and you mm -hmm. realize, oh shit, I forgot it. Yeah. Like that's a wholly different thing than being like, okay, so do you tell me everything that that I heard? Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, no, totally. And then that's when you can have that conversation where it's like putting the puzzle yeah. pieces together. You don't need to completely rehash the no. 30 minutes of conversation that I just gave every other player at the table that you Something were there for. I saw they do the recently on Dimension 20, it was specifically Mentopolis, and I hadn't seen this done before, was um, when basically you're like mm. retelling a character. Because a lot of times you'll have a character info dump to one character and then the rest of the table can hear it, but you also have to find a way in character to relay that information to someone. Mm. Um, so in uh, Mentopolis, there was a moment where they would go, okay, cool, download. Yep. And that would basically just be like an in-character way of saying, the I'm not metagaming, but I'm like giving you all yep. of the information um, yep. that I was told. Everything. Which is good. And it also avoids you having to explain, okay, so then this person said this thing, but I think that we this thing and like blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You don't blah. have to do like the whole yeah. fucking Sherlock conversation at the table. You can just like, you're all hopefully intelligent-ish people and you're more than capable of putting it together. It's like you don't always have to show your work on the fucking paper. Sometimes yeah. mental math is okay as long as you can just indicate that you got the right answer somehow. Yeah. You know? And another thing when it comes to, like, metagaming, and, like, sometimes you do have to step out of character to stay in character. Mm -hmm, when you're mm -hmm. doing a thing where you desperately need a specific piece of information from another character, and when you ask them in character about something, they go, oh, nah, I don't know what you're talking about, or something like that. That shit's so fucking annoying. And it's happened at our table quite a bit, and I'm not going to name yeah. names, but it would happen quite a bit in our last campaign and it got to a yeah. point where i would have to drop character and be like hey can you please tell me this tell thing? me yeah it gets a little frustrating and sometimes it makes sense for the character to not share that information but it doesn't change the fact that it's just it's still fucking infuriating because it's like yeah. the only way that i can learn this piece of information is if you tell me and because you're a slime ball fucking character with ulterior motives you're not going to tell me in this moment and i can't react in character like, that means anything. Because, because I don't know. I have no reason. And that's when metagaming and, like, player versus player stuff gets real fucking messy. <laughs> and I try to disallow that where it's like, can I do an insight check to see if I think he's lying? 
And I'm like, contextually, there is zero reason for you to think that one of your trusted allies is lying to you. Yeah. Does it suck that they didn't give you that piece of information? 100%. Am I just going to allow you to magically fucking perceive into the universe and like figure out that he's lying when you've spent like the last three sessions being buddy-buddy with him? No. Yeah. Sometimes part of that improv or that yes and or that never say no is rolling with the shitty punches and just finding another way to go about it. Yeah. Because sometimes player goals contradict each other. And that's sometimes what I find the most fun at the table as a <laughs> we DM. We plenty of that. Yeah, not so much in this one um, as much in, in the last campaign, but setting characters up and players up with goals that will eventually intersect or contradict or run uh, parallel to one another, and it's just going to be a frustrating bumping of heads, mostly because it engages their problem-solving skills. It makes them get more into character because when you get stumped with a, I'm not going to tell you that, you got to hop right back into character and find like a good excuse to end that conversation or another yeah. train of thought to go on. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not going to give you a free check to just know he's lying. Yeah. Find another way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, to the next. Yes. Um, so this next part that I kind of wrote down is a little, this is like it's the perfect segue. List. Um, it's a, it's a good segue into like the other thing, which is, so we've talked about like getting into character on your own and then like, um, saying in character at the table and stuff. And this is kind of like the melding of those two points before we get to the one that is truly just like at the table for everyone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. which is things that I like to do personally, or you can do, um, on your own that will help you that are things that can set you up for success in terms of like staying in character at the table or things that you can do to kind of like, uh, be more connected and attached to your character. Mm -hmm. Really, really quick before we do that, there was just kind of a, a stray thought. I caught it. So one ADHD thing, I, one thing that we mentioned like thirty minutes ago was if if you're role playing an asshole, don't do it too well, um, and don't be afraid to back out of it if you can see that other people at the table are, are uncomfortable or don't like interacting with it. Uh, one of my other tips and tricks and pointers as a DM is if you are truly just unhappy role playing as the character that you have given yourself, uh, and that character is too well established or you just don't feel like it would be uh true to yourself or the character to just have like a random fucking switch up in personality or goals what i like to do uh well i see there being a few different options from the dm's perspective i would encourage that player to then say hey like can we do a retcon can we just kill him off uh can there be like some traumatic event can we give him like a bit of an arc that's gonna like give switch up trauma. that personality um one thing a DM will never do is say no to giving a character trauma. Character just building, as a man. General character rule. Building. Um, and then, like, I would just sit down and be like, yeah, so let's talk about which options you like most. How important is that character to the story at this point? I might be a little less willing to immediately hop on and go, yeah, let's kill him off. Because, like, maybe I like the character. Maybe the character's important. Maybe that character has several very valuable things on their person at this moment. And killing them in the next session for no reason at all would just be kind of fucking stupid. Uh, from the player's perspective, what I've tried to do with uh, a character that I'm playing actively now in, in one of my other campaigns that I'm involved in, I got a little jaded at the table as a player and started, and it's just because the world that we're in is very non-good people friendly. We're playing in Waterdeep. I've talked about this shithole place several times. It's where fucking ne'er-do-wells and like beholders it's and Gotham. shit. It's Gotham. It's Gotham. Um, and it was like, I was trying to play Batman, but like a really good version of Batman, like what a is really the, what is friendly that public like? version. It, you, you understand why it doesn't fucking exist? Yeah. Because it's impractical. Yeah. It's like if that Batman walked out in a white suit 
like, never really brutalized anybody and was, like, friendly and trying to help every motherfucker he saw. So Superman. Superman, but in Gotham without the ability to fucking fly, be invulnerable, or hit people hard. Like, really hard. So, like, so like a philanthropist? Mm-hmm. Like a buff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A philanthropist. I took that approach as a character in a fucking setting that I did not realize was going to be Gotham, where... <laughs> Every time I like, it's the whole every good deed goes like no 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 good deed goes unpunished. Yes, is what my fucking character and myself as a person felt like because I was like, I'm gonna go out of my way to help the next thirty people because I'm a paladin and I'm all about doing good. And then it'd be like, well, uh, the orphanage that you saved last night burned down because you pissed off the wrong people. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna tomorrow's gonna <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. And it's like, I just kept doing shit like that and doing shit like that. And the world just kept fucking, uh, no shade to the DM. I, I get what he's what he's doing and it's it's difficult. You know, we had very different ideas about who I was going to be versus what his world was going to be like. And that's not entirely on either Talk one of us. Talk to your DMs. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but it just, it got to a point where like I as a character was just like, okay, uh, this world has no consequences. Nothing I do matters. We are, we're going evil. Uh, and I went from like a paladin who was like, uh, punish the wicked, like do no evil. I won't kill enemies. I'll use revivify on like a fucking a bandit to I'm murdering, strangling, pillaging, uh, stealing, you name it. I'm doing it. Because at this point, I feel like the only way I can save this city is if I take it by the fucking neck. Uh, And that's the arc that my character has been on for the last several sessions. It's been me going, you know what? I can't do any good in this world without doing a lot of bad. So I'm just going to do a lot of bad and hope that the end result is worth it. And I just fucking started to dislike my character because I just couldn't find a way out of that goddamn hole. Yeah. I was just like, he's evil. Everyone around him thinks he's evil. I would love to do some kind of like, oh, he's not evil now, but it's not going to work. Um, so then something the DM did, because he knew I was I was going a little overboard with it. Like, I literally, I would walk up to random people and be like, you got any money for me? No, nope, fuck you. And then punch <laughs> him in the face and take their lunch money. Like, what it was, the fuck? It was bad. Um, what the fuck? So he blinded me. He had, he had, I'm a paladin, I have a god, so he, he, he made me have a one-on-one conversation with that god, and was like, hey bro, I don't appreciate you going around in my name, doing fucking sacrilegious shit, so no eyeballs for you, you can get them back when you decide you want to be a good boy, uh, and then sent me back blind, no blind sight, no nothing, just fucking blind, um, and that was my punishment for the character. Your character arc was fuck around and find out. A hundred percent. But now what I'm doing as a player is like, I've finally found a fun way to play the character again, which is like doing the like repentant, um, all like good, good deeds to the fucking max. Like, um, listen, I'm throwing coins to homeless people. I'm, I'm backpacking fucking monks up the mountain. Like, I'm doing it all and I'm doing it blind. It's so much funnier to imagine just a really angry blind man. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is, though, because everyone's like, he's, I love him, he's funny as fuck as a DM, he's also, he loves to play all of his PCs like they've never seen a blind person in their life, (laughs) and every time we have a new interaction with a fucking group of, uh, of NPCs, he's like, what's up with his eyes, guys, like, talking to the party, and I'm like, I'm right here, dude, and they're like, can I put something in that? That looks weird, and I'm like, no, that's my eye socket. They're like, so how'd that happen? And I'm like, a god took him. And they're like, what do you mean a god? And I'm like, like a literal fucking god took me to an extra dimensional plane and plucked him out. I don't have another explanation for that. And then they're like, 
confused when I'm jaded about the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I'm like good because I was forced to be good, but it's it's a fun arc. But anyways, very long tangent just to basically say sometimes you have to give yourself an arc to get yourself out of that role-playing hole. Other times you just got to talk to the DM and be like, listen, ax me. Fucking kill me. I'm out next session. I got a backup character. Let's talk about it. Do whatever you got to do session-wise to write me the fuck out. Taking that explanation, I'm just imagining if I just went up, it was like, yeah, kill Magnolia. Yep. Cool. Which, Backup character, which, baby. Which the joke of that was also, she was- I tried to kill her so many times. Uh, yeah, she was unkillable. She always had some bullshit to like come back to life. Well, also, we had party members who would daily cast Death Ward on me because it was like that- might... Robert was that open about how no, the whole goal was to kill me. She decided she wanted to be the ultra main character. I did not decide that. You gave me those powers. cosmic events. You gave me the power. And then you proceeded to not use them with any caution, any secrecy, any amount of like fucking couth. Like you just went out there, fucking vag to the universe. Just like, <laughs> hey guys, I can do anything I fucking want. And I want to let you know that I can do it and I'm sick as shit. Also, I have a garbage personality. And then she was mad confused when everybody in the fucking multiverse was like, no, we know who you are. We don't know who the rest of you are, but we definitely know who you are. And you're on a watch list. And she's like, <laughs> me? A watch list? So... Don't take that as I just kept trying to kill her because I wanted her to fucking die. It's because she put a target on her back and then, like, danced in the middle of the street. Shoot me, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. You won't do it. No balls. Well, so then Alan death warded her every day. Every day. I woke up with, like, and it was fucking here are three spells that'll keep you from dying if you go down. Yep. And then it ended up being everyone in the party, just because of the nature of who they are, as people were like, yeah, we're going to lay down our lives to keep her alive. For no reason. Also, like, mad essential to, like, progressing the story. So that, I think too. Part so of it, it like would have been hard to kill like, her randomly. If we accidentally end up in the wrong place again. And we and kill her, she's, she's not... our ride. Yep. <laughs> she's our ride. Can't kill the, uh, basically, can't kill, like, the dedicated, oh, my God, what is it? Plot device. No, no, no. No, not that. Like, Designated uh, driver? Yeah, designated driver. Did you forget DD. the word driver? Yeah. You said designated. A DD. Yeah. Don't leave your DD behind or you're yeah. fucked. Back on track. Back on track. Um, Make a playlist. On your own stuff. Make a playlist. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I'm a freak. My ass. Uses, uh, YouTube music. I'm, I'm. Part of me doesn't want to explain further <laughs> from what you just said because I know what you're referencing, if but I don't want to explain TikTok, it. I'll understand what that is. Yeah, but shout out to I Matt Reeves' mean, Batman. I just mean the like the timing of it. If I don't explain any further, yeah, and it's so just um, make a so playlist. Make a playlist. I've got a playlist um, that I listen to, kind of like, or I don't really listen to it before we play because we play early as fucking morning. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. something I listen to whenever I'm doing. I do a lot of like artwork and like um, like crafts and shit mm. for the D and D table. So I listen to that to while I'm doing that. Shout out but to like, Madison for also making two separate playlists um, <laughs> that really fit in universe and in character. Yes. One's for combat and one's for like doing normal shit. Yeah, I'm really. Because uh, I got tired of doing like the fucking too. tavern music bullshit. And I was like, uh, listen, I'm playing regular people music. If y'all have suggestions, let me know. And then my character, music is a really big 
like She's thing like, for her. I got a patrol playlist that I'm like, sounds like background music to me, baby. And it's I just like a four hour on. long playlist. It's um, nice. And it is like, but it doesn't have to be like that. It can be a list of songs that you think fit the character or like it could be it's something that you that think the character is going to listen to yeah. or it could be like. Just listen to that like help you really get into the into yeah. the personality. Or like remind it, you of the character. Mm-hmm, or just like puts you in a particular headspace, like hyping yourself. I mean, it's basically like fucking game day music. Yeah. You know? Like it's when you're pretty, getting ready to go to a performance it. or a presentation and you put on like that go-to song that like puts you in the fucking mood to go and do that thing make that but either for yourself or for your character yeah or both um like i've got a playlist for that character there's dozens of playlists that i've made for her all of which are pretty long but i also have my like playlist that is her as a character or like her character vibes and it's only like 20 songs long mm-hmm. um but that's one of my favorite things to do um you can take notes in character uh does that your it's so wild <laughs> i've done it before i did it for a little bit for magnolia and i had a lot of fun that doing sounds it so much like fucking method acting a little bit. It's like, would your character keep a journal or a diary? And if your character does, that definitely helps. But, like, I loved the concept of, like, having a notebook or, like, a scrapbook that was, like, from the character's perspective. Um, I know. I saw the time. I'm moving it along. No, you're good. You're um, good. And, like, I, because that also helps you keep a double. It, like, doubles because you can mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. notes, which is great. Those are always yep. important. But it also lets you know, like, what is important to your character and how your character views things and, like, what they are taking in, mm-hmm, um, which can be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another fun little thing. Oh, the sun thing's in my ass. I guess I'll explain that. Uh, one of our uh, players at the table made their first like character playlist, and um, they're you playing they're playing something, Batman. Something's in my ass, and it's called Something's in My Ass. Um, because they're playing a riff off of the Diet Batman. Yeah, the Nirvana song. Yeah, the, which is also which name I won't say because they don't copyright <laughs> stuff. You, they don't copyright titles. Oh, what's the name of the song? Do you know? Uh, something something in the way. Something in the way. I think yeah. It yeah. was the the like theme song for Matt Reeves's Batman yeah. with um, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah. I almost wanted to let you yeah. just say the no, name. With Pattinson. I was going to say Pattinson with, uh, with Sparkly Boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that fits. But going back to like, that's another thing of like, uh, his, him as an example of like finding things to help keep you in character because mm-hmm. sometimes your personality contradicts the character you're playing. And his does fully. Um, he's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. He's playing Batman or like basically the equivalent like, like of Batman. Like a darker version of Batman. And like, like we Batman have to like, like... I'll cut off a fucking limb if it means you tell me where the shit's at. Yeah, and it's like a thing where at the table he's just such a friendly person that he's giving away information that he should my fucking NPC last session and goes, I'm gonna fucking gut you like a dog. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, he got real into that one yeah but it like moments of like yeah and then he's like oh yeah that's my brother yeah and we're like you can't tell us that everyone's like what did you say (laughs) and like he immediately came in gave away his secret identity like fully compromised his identity so now identities don't matter um is like i'll pay everyone's medical bills like just just fucking balls to the wall friendly person and we have to be like dial it back yeah, dial it back just a like little. Like his his uh, Batman persona and his Bruce Wayne persona are basically the same fucking person. The only difference is like there's a costume on. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It's the same person night and day though. Like, it wouldn't have taken long for everybody to to put two and two together. Not at all. <laughs> uh, it was it was uh, very it's funny. so fucking funny. Um, fill out character Buzzfeed quizzes. Yes, this is something that I think is really fun. I've done this for characters I played, and it's gonna funny. sound really stupid. You know those like fucking Buzzfeed quizzes where it's like, what type of cheese are you, or some bullshit like that, mm-hmm. or like, um, if you want to get like more like legit with it, I know people who take the like the enneagram test or like the the personality types and like this shit's wild all of those and take them as your character and i think it does kind of help and it's also kind of fun um and it's just like a lighthearted, fun thing that you can do that's something that 
you can do is kind of like a before the session or before you play thing. It's stupid and it's silly, but it's a fun little thing that I like to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Another one is have a meta notes sheet, uh, which are notes about your character, how they act, small details about them. This is kind of like a character Bible. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So like I have a document where I write down the information um, that like the character knows versus what I know as a person. And then also things about the character that I like. What these characters' flaws are. Mm-hmm, how the, mm-hmm. For me, I write down how the character talks and, like, the voice and pitch thing. I also write down kind of, like, notes and, like, jot notes about the way that they feel about other characters. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or if Your I have, like, an idea about, like, what I want their arc to kind of look like if yeah. you are coming into this and, like, want a certain arc and talk to your DM about that if you do. Yeah, uh, but, 100%. like, ideas for kind of, like, an arc and stuff like that. I do that. that that's how I like to take my notes as a DM, actually, is... Um I like to have like a, I do digital note taking now just because ADHD makes using a physical notebook <laughs> nearly fucking impossible because I yeah. can't organize once I put it on the paper. Um, but th- what I like to do with my with my digital note taking as a DM is kind of in a similar style as I am writing my my plot hooks and as I'm writing my my lines and like the connect the dots kind of stuff, which is some of my favorite stuff to do as a DM, is I will say like. This person, like on this, uh, let's say, like on jury, I will write a whole synopsis on, like, synopsis on journey, mm-hmm. jury, uh, as he is or as he was up until the beginning of the campaign, and then I'll write like today, and then under today will be like what he's done in the last couple of days, and then I'll name drop other characters in that note, but I won't put anything in that note that he wouldn't know, or I will put like tab under, and then like doesn't know this, but this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a really helpful way of of doing note taking for yeah. sure. It can be a little exhausting. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's I'm playing catch up because I didn't start it at the beginning of the semester. Uh, fucking ADHD. Playing catch up on notes is yeah, it's exhausting. Um, <laughs> but one I highly suggest that if you're gonna do it that way, if you're gonna do it the way that Madison was just talking about, start it from the beginning and yes. like keep up with it because it will start to to get a lot. Like it'll start turning into more stress than it is fun. Yeah. Um, but like here's an example on like under the little relationships thing, and I'm going to use one for uh, Parker, who's her best friend, which is just kind of says Parker's her very best friend and her family in the city, um, the most important person in her life. She would do anything to protect him. If she's put in the Batman situation and it's mm-hmm. like him or the city, she's going to choose him. Um, and so that's something for me to like kind of keep in mind, which d- that Robert as my DM should not hear that yeah, I didn't in know real that. life. Uh, don't. I didn't know that at all. Don't. Wow. <laughs> Everyone at the table wants wow. to turn this character into a villain. I didn't know that until just um, now, actually. That's so fun. Yeah. I Ooh. I was immediate, I was so picky about which one I was choosing. I was like, which one does it not matter if I say in front of Robert? And I I didn't think about it because I thought that I made that clear in the you campaign. You can tell. I like to keep the atmosphere at my table very competitive, even between it's, players and DMs. Like, we keep secrets from each other. All the fucking time. It's they won't give up, me information. It is antagonistic. Because they know that <laughs> I will take that and turn that shit into plot hooks and trauma real quick. It's a thing where like... Sounds like a fun combat encounter to me, dude. Me as a player has to be like, okay, cool. I cannot let my DM actually know how my character feels about other characters because I'm it's like, going to be um, fodder. fucking looking, dude. I'm sniping. I'm like and, a hawk. I'm and in I that I already bitch. know everyone wants... To this character to turn out to Looking be like the big villain. Fucking nuggets of motivation that I can just use, man. This is evil. Not all for negative things, though. Mostly for Not negative things. Not all for things. negative things. Mostly um, for negative things. This campaign has been significantly more lighthearted it and is. positive than the last fucking two I've done. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so back off, man. Hey. The comic book thing wasn't 
that that was a little fucked up. I'll give no, you. No, I thought it was but, dope as shit as a player. See, but that was more fun than it was like trauma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For reference, my character uh, gets their powers from super from from comic books. Huge comic book fan. Um, her whole goal and like way of knowing that she's made it is finding a comic book. She goes into the comic shop, finds a cute little like fan comic about her. She's like, "Oh my god, I made it!" Um, well, then the next Ooh. day, one gets delivered to where she is. Um, when she's with the rest of the party in an envelope and it is doxing her like yep. straight up it's at her it shows her mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. throughout her day in her house at uh parker's house uh, it shows yep. everyone's secret identities because she knows all of their identities and yep. she's like this isn't fun anymore yeah. Yeah, um yeah. but like it was but one of those it's things like a plot hook like, yeah it's introduced a really a really f- interesting antagonist that everyone seems to be fairly invested in like yeah. knowing more about no so. it's scary as shit and it's really fun yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, meta note sheets are great. And then, uh, physical, physical vibes. vibes. This is kind of very, this is very act or the first part isn't actory. The second one is actory. Um, oh wait, no, that's a different note. Um, <laughs> Pinterest boards, artwork, dice that remind you of your character, physical things that like remind you or keep you in that character's headspace. Um, mm-hmm. that'll help kind of like keep you in character. Uh, for me, I love making Pinterest boards. I recently, and like, this is okay. There's a caveat with this. I have a lot of feelings about AI. Um, like a lot of very strong feelings about AI. Uh, I stand with like the, I'm writer strike is ever, but I also stand with the actor strike. This is going to be um, a whole segment. There'll be a whole episode about it. I'm not going to get into it all now. I promise. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. I was just going to say, I have feelings about AI. However, As for personal said. use, for personal use, I have found an AI that generates basically like comic books, yep. um, which is great. So I've made like character arc for to Bing. character art for every single. Um, yeah, the Bing'll, being Bing'll AI. Bing will do it. Um, and so funny. I've made like character art for everything, so I can like ma- I'm making like little physical comic books. Yeah, uh, for my character because that's something fun. that's like super in character. I buy a set of dice for every character that reminds mm-hmm. me of them. Um, this is a silly little one that I was thinking about. Drink a drink that you think that they drink. <laughs> like that's a that's, that's a stupid so little thing. But when we used to play on like Friday nights, we would often be like drinking as we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like looking around the table, it was like the vampire character was drinking a glass of red wine, mm-hmm. and the Irish robot for some reason. Uh, was drinking like an Irish cider and I was drinking like either a gin cocktail (laughs) or some sort of like cider or like just truly any alcoholic beverage that was left over which is also very in character for who I was playing Um, like little things like that think how do they sit do they talk with their hands are they very articulate do you think that they slouch or like shrink or are they like really tall and proud like if you're playing a character that's like a six foot Amazonian woman she's not going to be sitting slouched over um, in Mm -hmm her chair she's probably going to be sitting yeah. up straighter and so sitting Posture how you think the character would sit, it helps it's so just, much it's a small thing that you don't think about but the way that you hold yourself at the table number one it keeps you engaged number mm-hmm. two if you're actively thinking about the way that you're sitting as compared to the way that your character would be sitting it it keeps you in game focused on that character the whole time yeah you know like it's just you don't have to be fucking anal about it mm-hmm. but it's just a fun thing to think about yeah it's really fun to do and there's also moments where like this happened last session of like physically embodying some moments at the table. If there's a part where you're shaking, if there's like a part where you're like shaking hands or like holding hands as a group, because you're about to go through a portal. We've done that before at the table and it's weird every time. Mm -hmm. Um, But like doing like little things like that can be really fun and they're engaging for the whole table. But there was like a moment last session where I guess, I mean, you could talk about it. You did it. Yeah. So talking about that antagonist connected with the comic book, um, she's very like mysterious, very kind of like unhinged. Um, I'm not going to give too many details about it just because I'm sure Madison wants to know, 
But uh, I'm a problem. The long and short of it is that she's she's got a couple of screws loose. Um, and I'm I'm not trying to play the Harley Quinn character just for anyone you know, listening. That's not what I'm doing. There's a specific character that I've taken inspiration for, from. Uh, but uh, our dark and broody uh, Batman spinoff, The Shadow. Uh, basically spots her. She's, like, in a sniper's nest kind of deal and, like, firing at the players from a building while, like, they're being attacked by uh, separate, like, combatants. And he, at the very beginning of the combat session... Uh, Wild choice, by the way. ...does a fucking crazy high, ridiculous perception check and immediately spots her, like, on top of a building. Like, like 500 feet sniping. away. Yeah, like, 500 feet away, which, I mean, characters not in combat can see up to uh, two miles. Uh, fucking characters in combat, y- y'all got like 60 feet. Um, so he definitely pushed that to the limit and then proceeded to spend the next like six turns just running at this bitch, like up the building using it his shadows, like nutty. Spider-Man up the fucking building um, and was just like gunning for her because she managed to down two members of the party, both of which are the youngest members in the group. And he's taken on this very like kind of dad yeah. Batman protective like touch my like touch my kids who I don't like I'm gonna fucking kill you yeah kind of deal sprints up there gets ambushed immediately and then they end up having like a bit of a fight back and forth it ends very quickly because it wasn't meant to be drawn out and then I was thinking in my head like what is she thinking like I'm trying to get in the minds like the headspace of this character and she's a very dark character she has interest in a lot of dark things um she thinks that like Wicked things and dark things are, are more fun than, like, fun and pretty and bright things. And so this character who's, like, dressed in all black is very dark, is saying mm-hmm. all these very, like, grim, dark things to her as Boy, they're I'm fighting. Gut you like a dog. Yeah, that just, like... You're gonna die like the dog you are. I, I don't want to like say... A, it was nuts. Yeah, I don't want to say, like, turns her on, but it piques her interest <laughs> immensely because it's like, cool, here's somebody that I can go, like, tit for tat with. Yeah. Like, I'm fucked up. This person's fucked up, too. That's kind of cool, man. Um, and he was in like this down state where he was basically cocooning, cocooning himself with his, uh, with his shadows. And I was like, in my mind, what I was picturing was as she has him down in this vulnerable position, she like lays down alongside him as he's in this vulnerable state and like gets as close to his head as she can, like in his ear and then like whispers something to him. Um, and I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to do it physically or if I just wanted to do it from across the table, but in the moment it felt right to do it physically. So I stood up, I walked over to him and I said, I'm about to get in your ear, <laughs> let him go through his moment of extreme discomfort. It took a couple of laughs, but when I did it, I, I, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. He seemed to like it. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing about being physical, getting up out of the chair and walking over to him, getting in his ear. Uh, not in like an invasion of privacy way like I told him what I was doing before I was going to do it. Please, you know, consent, consent is key. Um, like if he had been like, hey man, no way, I'm good. Like I wouldn't have done it. I would have just done it from across the table. But I know him very well, love him to death. So I got up and I did it. And I think in that moment he felt a lot more connected to what was happening because he was uncomfortable <laughs> in real life yeah. and in the game. And I, for a moment, got to be in like a much more physical headspace of this fucking crazy lady who's saying crazy lady shit in his ear. Yeah, because that's one of the hard things of like staying in characters. You're sitting at a table. Like when you're acting, yeah. you're and like in the space, you're the in your body. You can't of, do that. Of standing up and running around on stage is there's like, if you can't get into the headspace, there's always the physicality to, to yeah. fall back on. Uh, at the table, 
Not so no. much. Like, you're sitting in a chair for four or five hours. You There's know? these people I follow on TikTok, and I wish I knew their fucking at. And I think you follow them, too. But um, the DM in it, he regularly, like, gets up and walks around the and guy moves. that did Curse of Strahd? Yes. Yeah, he um, did great. He's super safe. If you just look up, like, Curse of Strahd on TikTok, you'll find him. He, like, gets uh, up and he, walks like, around the table. Yeah, and, and it's, like, creepy. It's yeah, good. Like, stalks them, like, in the room. Shit's wild, man. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid to get physical. Uh, dress right. for success. Yeah. Stupid little title. Uh, this is also kind of a silly one, but I like doing it. Um, I don't one. do it at our table. I do it at another table that I play at. Um, dress up as your character. And she it. should. You don't, I'm, okay, she I'm going to. laughed at last time. I'm, she was like, I'm not doing it. Well, I play at a table full of like. Dudes. Cis men. Yep. Like aggressively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. men. They are like, it, it's yeah. not I mean, like. We've been talking a lot and this is not like a, a call to action, but I would absolutely <laughs> love to have another female player at the table because I love these guys with my whole heart. I I've want another girl at the table them. so fucking badly. The amount of testosterone in that room is. It's a bit much at times. It's a little nauseating. Um, I feel bad for medicine. <laughs> but because of that and like because of like who they are as people, I was like, it'd be stupid if I like dressed as care, like dressed up or something like that. I mentioned something offhandedly and they were all so offended. Yeah, they like were like, her. what do you mean yeah i want to dress up a character so yeah. bad just try it man he would they'll, think they'll that's the it. coolest thing ever yeah. so like because yeah. they're all nerds they yeah just, well when they're shy men that don't want to role play you kind of forget that they're also into that shit yeah so um but like you don't have to wear a full-blown costume nope. but like maybe you wear their favorite color yeah. or like if you're playing in a fantasy setting if mm-hmm. you have like one of those flowy white blouses you know like the one that men wear and like uh, the like, I call him the slutty blouse, like yeah. Mr. Darcy wears, or like yeah, something yeah. like that. Any like man, if, yeah, any yeah. man in a fantasy setting who wears one of those, he's a slut. He is for the streets. <laughs> he's a whore. Um, wow. But like wearing Double something that's like a little bit that. like that, I wear. I like, you're objectifying fantasy men right now, Madison. Absolutely. Wow. And I'll do it again. No, that's fair. Um, I'm someone who owns a lot of like weird costumey shit. I've got like corsets and yeah. stuff. If I'm playing a character that's gonna wear a corset. I'll wear a corset. Or if you're playing a character with glasses, maybe you've got like a pair of fake glasses or you wear real glasses instead of wearing your contacts. Maybe you can wear glasses. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that um, are kind of fun and they keep you in the physical body. Um, this is like an actor from an acting perspective. I'm someone who like I fully feel in the character when I'm like in a costume mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I was doing a show where we were in period. It was a period show. And so we like rehearsed every time in corsets and petticoats. Um, and that like really helped key you in because it like affects the way that you sit and yeah. the way that you like exist because you're Mm -hmm. wearing these clothes um next is me yeah some more dm perspective stuff um so ah jesus for for anyone that is interested in dming this is going to be more uh, directed towards them um this is kind of some general things that i like to think of when i'm trying to get into certain npcs so crazy lady is a great example um I know what her motivation is deeply. Like I have written that out. I know her character. I'm basing her off of another character that I in like uh, in a, at a piece of fiction that I love with my whole heart. Um, and so I have a very strong sense of who she is, of what her character motivation is, uh, what her personality is like, what's her background, what is her purpose in the story. Like it, it, the one thing about being a DM that's different than the players is that the players are in the story fully um all the time 110 percent. as a dm you're kind of doing double work Uh, when you're role-playing an npc it's not just here's the character motivation here's what they sound like here's where they're from and then like toodaloo have fun interacting uh the the sort of double mission yeah like the the separate side to that is their purpose they have a purpose in the story 
Um, whether that purpose is to progress, whether that purpose is to antagonize, whether that purpose is to provoke some emotional response or to set up a hook later, keeping in mind what your every time your NPC is in a room or on stage or uh, are just on focus, not like also keep in mind what they're there to do. What are they supposed to accomplish? Because the personality of a character when I'm writing them in concept might not line up with what I ultimately want their purpose in the story to serve, and so I have to kind of switch it up or I have to divvy it up a little bit. Um, and so that, like, really getting into an NPC as a DM, uh, because you have to roleplay multiple different personalities, multiple character motivations, multiple purposes, all in the same session sometimes, and it gets mm -hmm. exhausting. Uh, and the way that I like to really differentiate that is, again, have very specific ideas and details about those NPCs before you go into it. It doesn't matter if they're small, if they're big. Think of very menial things. Think of very key things that, like, if a player asked, what is this person like, you can tell them, or you will have a good idea of how to answer that question. Think of whose friend are they? Uh, like, what neighborhood are they from? It, say they're trying to burn the city down. Why? What's the backstory for that? Um, are they just a fucking anarchist? Is it like, <laughs> let's just light this shit up, things are getting boring? Oh, yeah. Okay, if their character motivation is, let's light this shit up, things are getting boring, uh, what's happened in their childhood to spur them on that way? Are they a straight up psychopath? Do they have like a really boring childhood and they discovered they had all these powers and it's like, I'm gonna do whatever I want to, I'm a god? Mm -hmm. Cool, that leads me into like, they're hubris, they're confident, they're boisterous, they're like, they're gonna be funny in moments they shouldn't be, they're gonna be arrogant. And, like, I have a whole personality in a way that I want to roleplay them just based on what their motivation is and what their goal in the story is supposed to be. Um, so you can work at it from multiple different angles as, as a DM, and you kind of have to because they're not just players. They're NPCs, and they are ultimately there to serve a purpose. That's my spiel. Nice spiel. Um, also, sometimes it just helps to do the opposite of what you would do in real life. I put that there as a little note. Truly, if you get stumped in a role-playing moment, think this is what I would say, and then do whatever the fucking, like, do do whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. That's a, always a fun thing to do. Also, like, as, I as like a person a in this moment and be like, it's over there. Well, I'm playing a crazy NPC, and I just don't know what to go with it. Uh, it's not there. It's, or just lie. It's over that way. <laughs> Completely wrong direction. Just lie. Yeah, just lie. Just That's lie. the DM tagline. If you just got to get the fuck out of a situation, just lie. Just make it up, because they don't know the difference. In real life, too. Um, <laughs> uh, let's speed run the last yeah. part, because we're Table running Table warm-ups. This is just something kind of like, we don't... Get in character. Be Daisy. I'm going to ask these, and they'll get to see oh, what it's like. Okay. Uh, you can answer quick. a question in character as a fun little table warm-up. Let's do it. What's your best party trick? Um, I can, um, I, I, can, I can do a handstand and drink water at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if that's physically possible. Five things that make you happy. Um, comic books, um, uh, my best friend Parker, um, like a really good iced coffee, like when you can't tell that there's like several extra shots of like espresso in it. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime that I get like more than three retweets on one of my posts, <laughs> um, and yeah. oh, when like, uh, someone like tweets about me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Trolley problem. <laughs> this is a fucking fun one. I'm not one. answering the this trolley problem one. right trolley now. Trolley problem. You got to switch. You no. got one person on one set of tracks. You got five people on the other set of tracks. The If you don't pull the switch, the train's going to hit the five people. If you do pull the switch, it's only going to hit the one person. What do you do? I'm jumping in front of the train to stop it before it hits anyone else. So fucking valid. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Um, I'm just here. <laughs> What did you want to be when you were a little kid? Superhero. Ah, fucking. Well, actually, I mean, like, I didn't think that I would be 
be able to like be a superhero because that's like a freak thing. Um, so I wanted to be like I wanted to work for a publishing company that like publishes comic books. Oh, that's so that's so cute. Um, tell us your character's favorite joke. I I wrote these not with the intention of actually answering any of these. Well, now you're on the spot. I do not know. Um, I I cannot genuinely think that's of okay. any joke. Best meal you've ever had. What's the equivalent of like a fast food place in this universe? Literally, it's all the same. Uh, there was this McDonald's, like, I got a Big Mac one time when I was drunk at, like, three in the morning, <laughs> and I shouldn't have been, like, drinking and, like, superheroing at the same time, but I definitely was, and they gave me a discount, actually, because I was in costume, so they were so like, oh, you're, like, a superhero, and I was like, yeah, um, and so I ate it on top of the building. Describe your character's personal hell. <laughs> um, Jesus, fuck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, well, normally uh, you have, like, time. I didn't know I was going to be put on the fucking spot today and just told, get in character, do it. Um, um, speed run the rest of them. Yeah. So um, we're not going to actually do the rest of this. This shit would take forever. Tell the party a story as your character. Maybe it's something from your backstory or, like, a funny, inconsequential thing that's happened to them. Or but like just a story. Like, just something that's happened. It does yeah. a little bit of world building for the other characters that also is just, like, fun for you to get into that space. Play a card game in character. This, that sounds like a fucking fun one. Kimps or Cards Against Humanity are like, the two examples. It can vary from, like, an actual physical card game of, like, Go Fish or Old mm -hmm, Maid or, like, mm -hmm. some shit like that yeah. to, like, Cards Against Humanity or we've got this game, like, Stir the Pot or, like, Who's yeah. Most Likely or you can even play games like Never Have I Ever. I think if you have the time to play games like that yeah. that would be so much fucking fun to play in character this last one is definitely on here because she's done this yes uh it's eat a meal together if you are playing yeah so if you're playing friday night you're eating pizza you're doing whatever you guys got takeout, which is just you know kind what of a go-to um we've never done this but it could be fun like pretend that your party's stopping in for a bite at a tavern or is like rolling up to the fast food place in costume yeah like oh my god like like the fucking avengers swarma thing that yeah. happened in the first like yeah like do that, that. 100% do that. I, we need to do the Avengers Swarm thing. Yeah, like, like you guys now. like destroy like a fast food or like, I don't know, the city gets like obliterated and y'all just like save the day and sit down on like a fast food place and it's like, cool, I'm going to go get food and we're going to come back, stay in character. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, we did the last this. one on here, expert mode. Make a meal thematic to your game and eat it together. We did, when we did, I for Christmas, I bought the house uh, because everyone who lives in the house plays in this D&D game. I bought us, uh, except for one. I bought us okay. uh, the D and D cookbook um, because I'm I Shit, really like cooking, and we were all going on fall break together, and we were staying in a cabin. And part of the reason that we like one of the things that we looked at in the Airbnb that we were going to stay in was how big the table was, legitimately, because we wanted like a really nice table to play D and D at. Yeah, it was um, like a, a big, like legitimately like a, a like pretty a giant large part of the, table. <laughs> the choosing, like the choosing, uh, like it selection was, process. Holy fuck, I can't think today. Um, so Ooh. I was like, okay, I want to do like a big D and D meal. I want to do like, and it was like a more classic environment of D and D. I mean, it was a tavern. It was the World Serpent's Inn, um, which we've mentioned before. So I was yeah, like, okay, like I want it to doors. be like kind of like. D&D-ish food and so I ended up making this like really uh it was a huge meal and it took several hours of prep um I did a like and this was also I was feeding like uh, 12 people yeah, feeding a lot um people. so I did beef stew I did hand pies um with like a beef and bacon filling mm -hmm. um good, I did uh, some pasta I did uh like a bread appetizer with some dipping oils yep, I yep. did salad I did grilled asparagus and all, I was all um, and then mini pies for dessert um, so it was all, pies like, very taverny food, mm. and I, like, displayed Fucking it all, pies. and 
we all ate it while we were like playing this like what was basically like the mid-season finale uh is what i call it in my head of like our campaign yeah. um and we didn't end up like be we were gonna originally like sit down in character and like eat the meal but we didn't end up doing that but um in an ideal world like if you want to be like really bougie with it make a meal that like would fit like what your yeah, character it's just kind of and we've talked about like <laughs> trying to do one for the current campaign setting we're in i mean you basically just it's just like fast food like I, that's so funny to me like walmart like it's just like normal ass places that just are a little more high tech like we're yeah. not going the wally round it's not like fucking slopping a cup oh absolutely you know what not I'm saying? it's not like flavored gruel or anything yeah it's very much just like just normal one morning normal shit. we might like doordash mcdonald's and it's like cool you guys are taking a break inside mm-hmm. of a restaurant or just stopping on the way in full costume yeah like that's fun that's funny and it helps you like get in yeah. character with your table it's like table bonding it's like team building exercise yeah <laughs> team building awesome uh we are finally at the end of all of our notes um thank you madison for putting all that together i had no work in coming up with that list um, I like doing acting shit. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Table Talk. Once again, we have no clue <laughs> what we'll be talking about next time. We never really do, even when no. we say we do. See we you lie. Later. Bye-bye. Bye.